0: Hey guys, welcome to episode 47 of the JV Club. I am recording this from San Francisco in the midst of Sketchfest. I want to thank everybody who has been attending the shows here in the Bay Area. I strongly encourage those of you who don't live in the Bay Area to entice your friends to visit Sketchfest. This is my plug. Um, This episode will be coming out on Thursday of this week, Thursday the 31st. I uh, am doing the live. JV Club podcast on Saturday at 1pm at the Eureka Theater with Tignataro um and there are still some tickets left for that so please tell your friends and family to come join us so that we'll have a nice packed theater in honor of uh, Tig being the first return guest on the podcast and my second ever live guest. Very, very excited about that. Uh, This episode with Erica Rhodes, who is a delightful uh, comedic actress, writer, um, musician uh, et al. You'll be hearing uh, a lot more about her in just a moment if you're not already familiar with her. Um, Was recorded just before I went to Sketchfest. I want to jump into some shout outs because I have a lot to catch up on and uh, and then we'll get right into the episode uh, Ashley S. sent me a lovely email um, gotten some beautiful emails from you guys as you know still getting some lovely thoughts about Luca and some of your own pets Deborah S. Uh, on Facebook Hannah W. posted some great pictures of Flagstaff um, strongly encourage you guys who are interested in uh, snowy Flagstaff in Northern Arizona if you want to see Northern Arizona snow check out the Facebook page Aubrey S. Kimberly L. Uh, and Rebecca L. Rebecca uh, pointed out that she plays a version of MASH where um, the third thing that gets listed is listed by the person who is doing the game of MASH, i.e. Uh, I would have filled in all of Paget's third items with whatever I wanted to, which seems very mean-spirited, but I'm kind of tempted to play it that way at some point, so maybe I will. Uh, via Twitter, real quick, Sylvia R. GBA Podcast Robert C. Sylvia R. again. Wow. Uh, I just listed you twice. Um, L. Kevin K, Mitch A, Tedder42, AJ is now, Shane M, Michelle M, Stephanie Y, Karen B, Beth M, Chris P, Chelsea E, God damn it, Kitty, Stacy, Rob, and Tiffany, thank you so much for your tweets. Um, Justin, Jesse, DEC12345, Ringle PJ, Paul, Hannah L., and Peachy on the Paget Nerdist page uh, for the JV Club. Uh, Justin posted the Angela Betta-Lamenti interview that I was talking about. So if you guys want to hear about how the uh, theme song for Twin Peaks was conceived, he posted that. Thank you so much for doing that, Justin. That was awesome. And then Peachy pointed out that, um, you know, as we were talking about Mr. Darcy and the last September that Matthew McFadden and Keely Hawes, who are respectively the lead actor and actresses of those um, uh, movies, are married in real life, which was like a funny, great, wonderful coincidence. Um, okay, guys, I recently felt like my intros have been too long. So that's why I'm trying to speed through this. And uh, I want to thank you guys for listening. And please send me everything you want via social media. Now entering. Nerdist.com We go. It's another episode of the JV Club. I've never. Uh, I don't know that I've ever said that at the beginning of any episode in, in the history of the podcast, <laughs> guys. This is what you signed up for. Another episode of the JV Club. In case you didn't remember what you were listening to within the first three seconds of uh, turning the podcast on, with the title the JV Club. Just to reiterate, this is the JV Club. What, if you're wait, planning what is on this? List, this is the JV Club, Erica. If you're planning on listening to a different podcast right now, you've pressed the wrong button on your phone oh, or on your computer. I thought this was varsity. It's not varsity. Shoot. It's more of a junior varsity oh, scenario. Well,
1: I guess I'll try it. Yeah, see well. How you know, it goes. And if see, I'm really good at it, then I'll try to graduate. See how it too.
0: goes consider this a trial for varsity okay oh this is gonna be fine we're gonna get through this (laughs) together you and me okay um erica i welcome you in to the podcast thank you Uh, so much for having me i will point out that before we started i made uh, a beverage offer to erica i said would you like I mean, I listed a lot of stuff. I definitely <laughs> offered Doc Brown's, which we know from Leslie Bibbs now called Doc Burps. Uh probably <laughs> wise that you didn't choose Doc Burps. Yeah. Um I offered you many different things, including coffee. Uh Erica said that she would like coffee. And then what mm-hmm. happened? Well
1: and then um Janet made some tried looked through her assortment of coffee options and yeah. she um could not find any because somebody had um somebody had been there before her yeah i'm not gonna name names because we don't need need. to get anyone in trouble no need and then what happened was she said i'm sorry erica i don't have i don't have the coffee i have decaf coffee and i have espresso yeah and i said that's fine um how about uh espresso
0: and then my heart sank because i realized (laughs) i had offered espresso From an espresso machine, frankly, guys, I've never used before. It's here. It doesn't belong to me. And so I uh, proceeded to get very acquainted with the espresso machine as quickly as possible. She
1: was determined to be a very good hostess to me.
0: I was, and I had this adorable teacup set that I really had my eye on using. It looks like a
1: shell or
0: something. It's a beautiful white, it's almost like a, or like a sea anemone. I'll tell you where it came from, anthropology. That's all anyone need to know because they can instantly imagine what it must look like if it came from anthropology. And uh, I don't use it very often because it's perfect for like a very, very small cover of tea or an espresso i figured out i'd use the espresso the glorious foamy espresso that came out of that machine
1: it was amazing i mean this is like this is the best espresso i've ever had what well i don't know i just (laughs) (laughs) i got so excited (laughs) that was worth it just for that reaction (laughs) what Excited. <laughs> you look, you just Whew. kind of lit up there. I did. And- I
0: did. Oh, I even love if it was just like kind of good. I'm still smug.
1: No, I mean it was really good.
0: It was really good. Okay. You should be proud of yourself
1: either way, good. just because you made it happen and you solved a problem today. I, I did fo- solve and It's a not even
0: noon. And I solved the problem, and I didn't solve it with violence or force. No. <laughs> Which leads me to this letter that I want to read, guys. Oh, wow! So great nice segue, segue. Yeah. Erica. Beautifully done. I don't even know if you had that in mind, but you knocked it out of the park. <laughs> That espresso has made you you sharp as a tack. Guys, I just wanted to acquaint you with something. I could have done this in the intro, but I thought, why not bring it into the conversation uh, so that Eric and I could talk about it a little bit. This is from uh, Listener Dalton, who is at an organization called PeaceFirst.org. PeaceFirst.org. I wanted to read – he sent me an email, and I loved what he said about – The listeners of this podcast and about what he's doing and thinking that maybe people listening to the podcast might be interested. And I have to say, I agree. So I'm just going to read you a little bit about his organization. Peace First is excited to launch a new national campaign to celebrate young people leading change to create peaceful schools and communities. Already, you know, I was sucked right in and excited about that. Five amazing young people between the ages of eight and 22 So that's a wide range. Yeah, wow. Uh, Will each receive a $50,000 two-year fellowship to recognize their peacemaking work and invest in their leadership. This is a great opportunity for you out there listening to nominate a young person you know and spread the news throughout your networks. Winners will be chosen on these key criteria. Compassion courage and the ability to engage others in creating positive change. Applications are now open and will be accepted through April 12th. Please get involved. We need your support to tell uplifting and inspiring stories about young people creating change. Go to www.peacefirst.org backslash prize to share the prize with a young person you know or nominate them today Um, and this is what Dalton had to say it seems that your fans are genuinely compassionate people who would be interested in our work and might know young people who are acting as peacemakers so any shout out from you would certainly see a positive return our mission is not is also not dictated by how many people apply apply for this prize our mission is to share how amazing young people are and that they are natural peacemakers so if this just forces people to reconsider how they view youth the prize will be an unqualified success Wow. Cool, right? I wish I
1: was in that age bracket. So I, I know. Can...
0: You could be up for a two-year $50,000 fellowship. Oh, my gosh. I don't know what the fellowship entails. <clears throat> I, I I, encourage you guys to go to the website because uh, I'm not going to do your work for you. you got to <laughs> get on there and check it out and find out what... Uh, what the, what the requirements are, uh, how to make it happen. Um, and also what the fellowship would entail. It
1: sounds like you can nominate other people too, yeah. right? If you see someone, you yeah. know, like
0: maybe some of you, I know some of you are teachers. Maybe you have some students oh, that that's a you good want idea. to nominate or, or, or let their families know that it's a, it's a possibility. Yeah. But I love that idea. The idea of being a peacemaker in your community and, um, sort of a a conversation about combating the kind of aggression that I think can come out of youth and adolescence and stuff is just very appealing.
1: Yeah. And I think it's important to encourage young people to be leaders too, you know, because they
0: need somebody, they need someone who is setting an example. I agree wholeheartedly. Now, were you, would you consider yourself a leader when you were a kid? Say when you were like 12, 13 years old, were you like, listen guys,
1: Um, In some ways, yes, I guess, but more in a creative way, you know, not so much like at school. At school, I was really quiet and shy. But like, in ballet class, for instance, it was like, you guys, we're making a dance. We're (laughs) We're choreographing it. We're staying after class to do this. And I would sort of, you know, sign parts and things like that.
0: Now, I always, I'm the kind of kid who um, always found the idea of ballet class wildly intimidating. Like it seemed very precious and very, you know, these, these young, beautiful girls who were very graceful, which I didn't feel like I was at all. And so I ballet. was very, very intimidated by ballet. I took like regular dance kind of through the fine arts uh, junior high and high school that I went to. Mm-hmm. But ballet just eluded me.
1: You seem like you could be a dancer. Well. Yeah,
0: is that the <laughs> espresso talking? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I appreciate that you dance that, as well as you make espresso I can't say that for sure <laughs> but it probably would take me as long and I would have as many pitfalls on the way to a nice dance as I did trying to figure out how espresso you kind of danced over machine. to me when you were serving me that's the true there I, was a little I felt a I danced or maybe I just glided, glided. Yeah. <laughs> I did glide across the floor like a 1950s housewife who finally found her calling exactly. i.e. entertaining a girlfriend uh, you're right um, so I I always think of ballet as like, you know, I don't want to say Black Swan, but uh <laughs> but I do sort of imagine like a very comp like competitive competition based world and I love this idea of it you still sound like you're talking about something fun? Like, oh, oh no. Yeah, put, no, oh,
1: it's no? all I mean, it's really awful. It's evil and <laughs> Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was
0: right. <laughs> yeah, no, oh, you're God, right. I thought you were going to be like, no, no, Janet. No. Oh, you're
1: totally right. It's like this Really competitive, really, you know, hardcore pursuit if you're if you're doing it for real. Like that's and that's kind of what I did when I was younger. I wanted to be a professional dancer and it was like, you know, cutthroat. Yeah, yeah. it really was. Stop. I stopped when I was about 16. Okay, just so you like, did. You went through longer, I think, than a
0: lot of girls do. Yeah. Yeah,
1: I, wa- I really wanted to be a dancer for a while. <sighs> and I was dancing like six days a week. For, and like, so how does hours. that,
0: Did it? was it brutal on your feet, like everyone says?
1: Yeah, I mean, you, your feet are bleeding, and oh like you get these blisters, and yeah, it's pretty rough.
0: But, but is that part of – is that sort of the battle scar experience of like, yeah, guys, I'm serious <laughs> about this. Like that's kind of what comes with it. Yeah, kind of. There is a certain amount of pride. Like even for yeah. me when I had my bike accident a few weeks ago, um, as horrible as it was and as horrible as I've had, like things that have come out of it have not been great um, in terms of just physical stuff that I've gone through. There is a f- like a fierceness to – I I don't think I've even talked about this on the podcast before, maybe just like with someone in life, but um, that the injuries that you choose to sustain versus Mm. things that happen to you, like even getting in a bike accident, I grant you I didn't plan on that and it wasn't like, but there is a sort of like I maybe signed up for it more than I would if I were like in a car accident or something where you feel more like something befalls you and you're a victim of something versus the choice that you make, there's something empowering and maybe that helps the healing process more if you're like, oh, yeah. hey, you know what? I just broke my ankle, but I'm a dancer. And that's the responsibility I took when I decided to start dancing. And you kind of... I don't know about breaking an ankle though, because that that might prevent you from, from ever dancing. Ever dancing. dancing. <laughs> okay. I mean, that's a bad example. That's a bad example. That's a bad example. <laughs> but I mean, you know what I mean? Like the idea that you, the pain that you sustain... No pain, no gain. The pain that you sustain when you experience something that you're choosing to move forward in versus like, oh my God, this thing happened to me out of nowhere and I didn't expect it. That maybe the healing process is like different because you do kind of have that like badass attitude about it. Like, yeah, this comes with the territory.
1: Also, because like things like blisters and stuff like that, it's a gradual thing. So it's like kind of like earning your stripes or whatever. Yeah,
0: yeah. And how are your feet now? (laughs) I've never asked well, that on the they're podcast. Okay, they're fine. You do not know. How, there's no like, oh my arches I still have problem or like I have da da da. No,
1: my feet are yeah, they're totally if he- someone, healed.
0: <laughs> if someone asks you to go on point, Oh, how, I don't
1: I don't think I could do that. You have yeah. to like practice a long time to get to that point. So No pun intended. To get to that point. (laughs) To get to that point. To get
0: to that point. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. But you stopped when you were 16. Let's back up and put it into uh, some locational context. Uh, (laughs) Where was this happening? Where are you from? Boston. I'm from outside of Boston. Dalton uh, B., our listener who wrote in about PeaceFirst.org. Is from Kingston Street, Boston. Boston, Mass. 02111.
1: Wow. I'm from... Zero two four six one.
0: Those are similar zip codes. Very
1: similar. As I'm from Newton, Massachusetts, which is about twenty minutes
0: outside of Boston. Okay, okay. But
1: I just say Boston because usually people don't know. Fair enough.
0: Yeah. There's a lot of, especially on the East Coast. I mean, I guess it's true here too. I don't know why I associate that with being an East Coast thing. But the sort of little tiny pockets that are just outside of major cities. Yeah, New Jersey, su- like, some people call them suburbs. Yeah, but I mean, but I think <laughs> of the, for some reason I think of suburbs as being—is—is is Newton like that? Is it more of a suburb or is it more like a little town?
1: It's like a town. Yeah, yeah, but people refer to it as a suburb
0: of of Boston. Yeah. Did you spend a lot of
1: time going into Boston? Yeah, because like I lived right New- near the train, so I could nice. just hop on the
0: train and. To Boston, And what's your family like? What, what kind of a uh, size family do you come from? Broken? <laughs> uh, unbroken?
1: <laughs> aren't they all broken in, in some, some way? In
0: some way. Ain't <laughs> hey, that the truth.
1: <laughs> They're all slightly sprained. Right. <laughs> um, my, uh, I have an older sister and a dad and a mom who are still married, actually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, my sister now lives in Oklahoma, and she's married and has a daughter who's one...
0: Can I be Just honest and say one. that Oklahoma is a state that I forget about, even though there's musical. I think
1: most people most people do forget about it, and now I can't can ever forget about it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you have tried. <My> <laughs> so I've asked her to move. <laughs> Nothing I want more than to forget about Oklahoma. I apologize to anyone listening in Oklahoma or in any of the what people on the coast call flyover states, because I know that I mean I have friends who live in Iowa. I have friends who are uh, from those states, from Missouri, from Kansas, but um, but yeah, Oklahoma. I mean, Oklahoma, there really is a musical about Oklahoma. You'd think that I yeah, remember that's it. That's pretty much
1: all we know about What took we her to Oklahoma? Um, a, a man. Yeah. Yeah. She met a, a musician. He's a stand-up bass player. Oh, nice. And um, he met her because he plays in my mom's orchestra. My mom's actually a violinist in the Boston Pops. And so they kind of oh, met through my mom. People know what the Boston
0: Pops are. That's a real thing. Yeah, it's a real, it's an orchestra. It's an orchestra. <laughs> And, um, I don't know why it's called Boston Pops. Where does the pops come in? Does it stand I think for it something? comes Is from it...
1: pop music because yeah. they like sometimes play like sort of poppy.
0: Interesting. I could be wrong about that. I guess that's, that's what the I what I, I would have assumed, but then I thought that can't be right. Oh, maybe. <laughs> Listen, You're way more entitled hey, to be right about it. I was like, guess. that's right. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, that sounds like it could be. I mean, that's yeah, what else would it pop be? Pop music, yeah.
1: Boston pop pop
0: i have no idea what else it. yeah be. i guess it maybe it is we'll have to look that up okay yeah i'll um, ask my mom and so she's a violinist and what does your dad do
1: my dad is retired but he used to be a cpa
0: okay okay yeah. and you have an older sister mm-hmm. and uh i do know coming into this um because it, it was very exciting to me and i uh, very much enjoyed our time doing uh build wires stardom together which is a a live game show that uh you know, I didn't drink anything that was carbonated and I'm still burping. Um, uh, that is a, a live game show that happens here in Los Angeles with uh, a lot of uh, mutual friend comedians that that Erica and I both know. But what I didn't know about you and that Bruce had mentioned in, in passing to me was that you have uh, a, a history uh, from childhood, right? With uh, a Prairie Home Companion. Yeah. Which, I mean, come on. Come on. That's like... <laughs> <laughs> Prairie Home Companion is like, uh, I don't know. That's that's just the that, I think that's so cool. I'm sure you're Aww. tired of being told that, but.
1: Well, some people um, say it's cool, and some people say, what's that? Yeah. And some people say,
0: huh? My parents, I, don't get I think, it. might have Radio? listened to that. Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah. They- <laughs> Yeah, I get that a lot. My parents love that show. Yeah. Well, let me just say: number one, they do. Number two, <laughs> they pass that love on to me. And uh, for those of you who don't know much about a Prairie Home Companion, it's a show that's been on how long? Thirty years? Yeah, I think it's about something
1: like that. that. Yeah. Um, it Maybe is more. Uh,
0: it is based in St. Paul, Minnesota.
1: Yeah, but it, it travels but it around travels. the country, and it's performed live in front of live audiences, and then. Um, broadcast on the radio and
0: then broadcast on public radio um most of the time that i listened to it growing up it was it seemed usually that it was in saint paul and then i think it's maybe it travels more now or i don't know it just i remember it being mostly mostly from from the theater in saint paul because garrison keeler who's the the narrator host um and really the kind of heart and soul behind prayer home companion um always tells you know at the beginning where where they where they're coming from and um Yeah, I associate it so positively with, you know, my mom listening to it or my dad and and my parents are so dissimilar from one another that Mm. anything that they both liked, because they separated before I could even remember really any memories Uh. of them. And so the fact that they both... Uh, like that I mean my mom doesn't even have a television she doesn't have like Whoa. she doesn't oh no no no. I'm sorry she does have a television now when I was growing up she didn't so the only thing my mom had that she chose to have was a radio Wow. and so she and whereas my dad has like all the latest like gadgets he's a total tech geek <laughs> like had to have like the best speakers the best TV uh-huh. the best computer like totally that guy and so the fact that both of them wanted to like settle in and listen to Prairie Home Companion on Sunday That's my mom's religious my dad as an atheist. It's like all these things that made them so different. Wow. So I really associate it positively for that reason too. It's like this thing that I share between that, both my, my parents. That's
1: really funny. Um, yeah, that's interesting. So I,
0: I definitely think you anybody who's into that sort of folksy, great, um, it's funny, it's charming, it's very warm. Uh, it's just a very warm experience, I think, uh, listening to it. And I think for, for people who grew up listening to it or even people who get excited about it now... Um, there's something very comforting about it mm. uh so so i would love to hear about um how that came into your life and and how it continues to play a part in your life and then we'll get back into like high school kind of stuff okay <laughs> sure <laughs>
1: um well i um it's sort of a long story my mom is from the same hometown as garrison and which is in Oka, minnesota and she wrote him asking him to do a fundraiser for orchestra, the Pro Arte Chamber Orchestra of Boston, because she was a concert or she is the concert master of it. And because they're from the same hometown. And I think she actually went to she went to some dance with one of his brothers at some point, or she went out with one of his brothers, like one of his younger brothers. Love it. <laughs> so it's all kind of like in that town. And so he agreed to come out and do it. And he met my mom. They got along really well. And he and my mom was like, "You should meet my little sister Jenny. She lives in in Minnesota. Um, in New York." And he said, "Okay." And so he met her, and they fell in love. <laughs> and then they came and saw me in the Nutcracker, like when they were dating, and we all went out to dinner afterwards.
0: And when was this? How old were you?
1: I was about twelve. Okay. It's like between 10 and 12. I think I might have been 12. And um I was really really shy, but we had dinner all of us and um I think I said like one thing. I was I And did you know like, who he
0: was? I like did you have I a had sense no, of curry home? Yeah. No idea. Yeah. No
1: clue. Why
0: would you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no idea. It's
1: just like, oh, Jenny has a boyfriend or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and then um I said one thing like, you know, uh, i forget what i said but he turned and looked at me like what on earth because i had a really high voice <laughs> like really high like i talk like this uh-huh. people at school called me squeaky and stuff oh, squeaker yeah, it's a really high voice and so um the next day my mom said garrison wants you to do the show and i was like "Huh? Oh, what what's that mean and then, <laughs> and then that weekend i was on the show and Allison and Janney was still doing the show oh, back then God. and she and I shared a dressing room oh that's so cool and um and I played Garrison's conscience so I was like you need to call your mother and you need to read Moby Dick and <laughs> And I was so small that they had to put like a big box for me to stand oh on to reach gosh. the
0: microphone. Were you, so when you, when he asked you to do that, did you then, were your parents like, let's familiarize you with what a prayer home companion is? No. like,
1: okay. <laughs> it was like, it was like the day after or two days <laughs> after it was like suddenly my aunt Jenny was taking me to rehearsal and we had a rehearsal with the whole cast and uh, um, like at this big table. And, um, I remember we just read it like that's all we just read it and then the next day we were performing, and this was in Amherst, Massachusetts. It was in front of a huge audience, and I just did it. And (laughs) I have no idea, like I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah, I was I was I was used to performing, sure. So I did like a lot of dancing, and I was acting already at that point. So it's kind of like not that, yeah, challenging. But I still had no idea what it was. You know.
0: that's so awesome. <laughs> like,
1: okay. And then he had me on again, like, shortly after, and had me doing really difficult lines, like, all these tongue twisters, and he had me saying, Episcacata like, <laughs> which is, like, a town. He always makes people say, a, uh-huh. a fictional town. <laughs> but, so I did that, and then I've been doing the show since then.
0: And do you participate in the music stuff, too? Do you just do, like, do you do different sketches?
1: Um... Yeah, I've done a lot of different. Not really the music stuff; that's sort of separate. But um, recently, I started writing for the show. That's so, cool. so the past two the past two months, I was like in New York um, performing and writing for it. And now, now that I'm back in LA, I'm still writing. So that's kind of what cool a joy that he's letting me write for the show.
0: That's fantastic.
1: Because I didn't really think I could write for it, but now I think the style is so ingrained in me. Sure, that it's like I'm just kind of used to what is what
0: he puts on the show. Yeah. It's nice when something evolves organically like that where yeah. you don't necessarily put the pressure on yourself or just jump in because I don't know. I mean, I've talked about this on the podcast before, but I, writing is, it's a very hard in a different way. Like, I yeah. love it. But the part of my brain that wants to tell me I'm not good enough is so much louder for some reason with writing than I think anything else I do creatively. There's just something about my inner critic that is unrelenting in a way that it's not about acting or singing or whatever else. Have you ever done the artist's way? I haven't I mean no. I have the book um so many people it. yeah so many people have said like you'll you'll you, that really even, transforms I your got experience I kind of
1: stuck on the money part. <laughs> mm-hmm. like, there's like a whole chapter about money and I was like I'm stuck now. Cause they were like, Okay, now this week you need to keep track of all your finances. And I was oh, like, that Yeah. Right. Dreadful.
0: Like, I was like, oh, that is no. not happening. Yeah. So,
1: but all the stuff before that chapter, I was like, I it helped me so much. Because it got it gets you writing and it also gets you out of that place that you're yeah. talking about, like yeah. the critical place. Self critical yeah. place. And I also think that's maybe why like we were talking about journals and that we both aren't really keeping journals. And I feel like in some ways the the artist way got me out of keeping journals because all the journal is, is the stuff that like is in your way. You know what I mean? Like, which I think is good for you to do, but you're like, but I'm like reading old journals and thinking, Oh, this is all just the garbage.
0: (laughs) This is all just like, I don't feel good about this. I'm (laughs) worried about this, which is, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, that makes sense. It makes sense. It's interesting though, because it's sort of like, there are so many different, if that, if that's true, then that's sort of one way of looking at, journal keeping but you know it's it's something that my understanding is that oprah is a big fan of keeping journals uh <laughs> I, don't, I am a
1: fan of it i just think yeah. like sometimes i i have resistance towards it because yeah. of that yeah but I, I think it is good for you i just think it's more therapeutic than like yes. wow this is really important it's more just yes like, this is good to get out there it's like
0: yeah and i don't and i agree with you that i don't know that the two necessarily help each other like i don't know that writing in a journal again would get me writing more i think you're probably right Right. i think it might even take the place of writing for me that i'd be like "Ah, i write all the time in my journal and then i'd somehow would like translate that into not being responsible for like creative writing i think
1: that's what i what i used to do a lot yeah Yeah. but i would recommend doing the artist way because it kind of just it's surprising you know yeah you like I know Maria Bamford Was a big fan of it too The
0: Artist's Way guys artist's That's a way. book club Name drop right there JV Book Club Artist's Way You
1: might think it's a little corny But it's not It's really helpful
0: There's a lot of stuff like that That yeah. I've had to like get over Where the comedian in me Immediately wants to shit on something Right And then yeah, the rest of me Has to acknowledge that like It's meaningful and touches my heart
1: Right I'm <laughs> the same way so hard. It's a constant battle It like, is Like oh that's so nice Yeah right
0: Yeah yeah, how can I say something assy about it? Yeah. <laughs> By the way, I'm already seeing that the felt-covered book that you have on the top, uh, yeah. I have, like, the exact the same, same journal. Book. Mm-hmm. I have the exact same With journal. With the little roses? Oh, wait, but I don't have the roses. I thought oh, that was, like, a separate thing. Look roses. at that.
1: Yeah, oh, I have like to like say a... I'm proud
0: of my, like... Variety of journals. It's a good journal. Uh, there's a good journal <laughs> variety, and I enjoy that. One of them has a lock on it.
1: Yeah, one. Of, this one. Did is my you favorite. ever
0: actually utilize a lock? My no. place, my
1: space. My place, this my space. My place, my space. This is my first
0: journal when I moved to LA. Okay, that's a good. I mean, that is a good one. But yes. the lock, the lock kills me. <laughs> I think I did use a lock. Like whatever year that I was most sure my mom oh, you would think have she read it, I think it? I was using a, a lock. I don't even know what I was saying in there that she would give a shh about i'm sure it was like i like this boy but i just yeah. didn't want her to nose in she Know you liked a boy she probably i probably just didn't <laughs> you know what what you just said except for the like to boy part i probably just didn't want her to know me Aww. like that's actually what it i think that's i just kind of
1: interesting. you know when you're
0: when you're young when you go through that phase when you're young and some people are in this phase forever probably yeah but they just you just don't want your parents to like know the inside of you for some reason. It's about that separation maybe. Of yeah.
1: But don't you think it goes both person? ways? Cause like, I know my mom refuses to talk about like her when she was younger and like did drugs and stuff. Like if we, if we talk about it, she like gets this weird glazed over look, like, Oh, I don't know. You know? <laughs> I don't know if we need to go yeah, down. That it's road. like, mom, we know you did drugs. You lived in the seventies. Right. <laughs> and
0: she's like, I didn't say that. (laughs) And she's an artist and a musician. Yeah. Well, it's funny because my mom actually, um, at some point later on, maybe when I was in college or something, she started sharing. She, I don't, I can't remember how old I was, but it was sometime around when I was like 20, maybe she was like, I have journals from when I was your age and we would get on the phone and she would read me. That day of her life at that age. Like if it was March 22nd, I was on the phone with her, she would read me March 22nd from when she was 20. Aww. And that was really interesting. That's um, really interesting. And then there was a point at which um when I was in my twenties, that she just let me have I mean, I must have been at her house or something, and I think she just handed it to me. My memory is so bad, it's really sad. But she just handed me a journal with like about that. She was keeping when she was trying to get pregnant with me. And it was so fascinating to like read about just her relationship with my dad and her relationship to her sisters and that, um, you know, my, Her sister started getting married and my mom was married and still didn't have kids and she's the eldest and I think that Aww. she felt this sense of like coming from a big family herself, the sense of impatience like, okay, I'm right. the oldest, I'm supposed to have kids by now. My sister and my brother are now married, like pretty soon they're going to have kids, where's mine? And Aww. it's so different from how I feel felt about having kids and kind of how I still feel. I just have an ambivalence towards it as much as I love children, that it was really fascinating to kind of read that about her and see what a Mm -hmm. hunger she had for it and stuff. How many kids uh, do you have siblings? No, I'm an only child. Yeah. Uh. They made it through their marriage to have me. And then it was like, it sort of fell apart after that, which I think it probably was maybe falling apart before they even got pregnant with me, but it was, it was a weird fit. So I'm always fascinated with people whose, whose folks are still together, you know, and yeah. the, the model of uh, a marriage that lasts is very appealing to me. Who knows what, to what that is. Who knows what goes on behind closed doors. <laughs> um. So, well, that, okay, so that speaks to the, the Prairie Home piece. I thank you for indulging me in that. Mm-hmm. Um. And so you said that you were doing some acting. So, so what was your high school experience like? Were you traveling to do that show a lot or was that sort of something that happened once in a while and you just had a normal... High school life.
1: Um, high school well high school is weird because in the beginning of high school i was like i guess just the first wait when you're 15 i think i was still dancing at the beginning of my freshman year and then that year i was like that's it i'm done and then i just quit cold turkey which was like really dramatic you know uh-huh. shows i should have been an actress so i like marched into my to my locker and i grabbed all my <gasps> leotards and my point shoes and i was like that's it I'm never going back And then I cut my hair short like, I love it It's like this big dramatic You know It
0: was And what prompted that? Like what if, for, for it to be such a dramatic exit Was I there one particular know. event? I I felt or? like it was sort of
1: An accumulation of things But um, I mean now I like to say I think I was getting
0: hips Or something like that
1: It's like I think I was Growing into a woman And like I knew <laughs> I knew in the back of my mind This isn't gonna fly
0: I'll fire myself Before they can fire me Yeah exactly me.
1: But um, I think I just I started to also realize how um, how obsessed with my body I was becoming, mm. you know, like with yeah. the image in the mirror. And if I was in the wrong space in the mirror, like standing in the wrong place, I would have a bad class. You know, it was like, oh well, that that part of the mirror is the fat part, oh, and that's no, the you know no, thin no. mirror. And I needed like it was totally obsessive and weird and crazy i think that's
0: so normal for that environment though it's
1: awful yeah it was really bad i had the weirdest eating habits you know like i would not eat all day and then i would eat for like three hours at night like Mm -hmm. i've (laughs) done it it. like really weird i've
0: totally done it i totally get it there is there's a sense of like how like there's a sense of i'm i'm controlling this i'm controlling this i'm controlling this and then at at a certain point at the end of the day your body's like no you need to eat and then you eat forever yeah. I totally yeah, get exactly. it. Yeah, exactly. I totally get it.
1: So, um, I think it just it was just a bunch of different things. Like I didn't have the, the ballet teacher that I loved. I I felt like I wasn't as I wasn't the best. Like I wanted to be the best and it was like if I wasn't gonna be the best, if I was gonna be the third best or the fourth best. No, I didn't want that
0: as and, a kid. And I was did like, that yeah, and did that um do you think that that came directly out of ballet versus like some other sense of needing to you know be driven
1: i no, i think it was my personality because (laughs) because then i was like i'm joining the track team and i'm gonna be the best runner
0: on the track team and i was like nope
1: (laughs) (laughs) no you're not
0: (laughs) where does that come from though that that performers need to shine in that way and to be the best to feel like they're I don't know. I, don't I think know. it comes... I mean, I hate to be so, like, therapy-esque, but it becomes, like, did your sister get all these? Like, how
1: does oh, that... she wasn't like that at all. She was yeah. totally balanced and, like, totally not like that. But I think there's something weird about, like, I mean, I think it's some need from your parents. You know, I think yeah. it must come from some need from your parents that you're not getting something
0: from them, yeah. you know, or... I, I don't I don't but really I know. don't know like maybe it's not that maybe, maybe it really is genetic ingrained. maybe there's something yeah because I don't know
1: yeah because I I've always felt like that since I was little you know I don't I don't necessarily feel the same kind I still feel driven but I don't I know that being the best at something is a little bit extreme yeah it feels <laughs> like yeah I'm
0: gonna be the best at the JV podcast <laughs> <laughs> this better be the best episode this is the I've ever done best yeah. Episode. I get it though, but I think and 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 that's something that is really uh, it can be a really hard balance to strike, right? Is um, understanding your ambition and making it work for you in a healthy way, mm-hmm. and not you know slacking off versus. Using that to punish yourself or using that to never find satisfaction in the moment because it always could be better or not being able to, especially in this town. Like if you can't rest until you feel like you're the best at something, A, get in line because so many people like that are drawn here. And B, most of us watch our peers. Everyone feels this way. Like no matter what level you're on, people are watching their peers succeed yeah. In a way that they feel they haven't reached yet, and it can just—it could be such a like beating down process if you're too if you're too obsessed with I forget like. Forget
1: if it's a there's like a song or something where it's it's either a book or a song called "Everyone's a Loser." Uh huh. Uh <laughs> huh. is really true. It's like every you know like nobody's the best. Yeah. Ever.
0: Yeah. Everyone's just, a loser. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, I'm embracing this 100. percent Either um, read the artist's way, or everyone's a loser. <laughs> if you don't want to push yourself, just realize everyone's a loser, yeah, exactly. and you can kick back and relax. Um, okay, so you so you quit uh, you quit dance pretty early on in high school. Then you did decide to join track. That obviously didn't go as planned. How long did you stick with that?
1: Um, for a little while. Um, not a long time. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I think I was like sick of it pretty pretty early on but and then how did acting kind of uh, factor in
1: well the funny thing about acting is I feel like it's the one thing that I've done my whole life like then I forgot to say after the track thing I was like I'm gonna be the best cellist in the world okay play cello too and so (laughs) so that's what I was like practicing eight hours a day and
0: you know all
1: this stuff did your mom uh get excited about that oh yeah, yeah yeah no she was all for that one you yeah. know of course when i was like i'm gonna get into juilliard she's like no you're not <laughs>
0: like, let me just call that for you right now
1: yeah no you're not oh. but so yeah so i was on the the music track and i actually went to um i went to boston university for music for a year and then i was like i want to go to a conservatory and be the best <laughs> oh, bless. i'm sounding so crazy right now but
0: yeah but um I applaud the honesty because I yeah. think a lot of people have that sort of obsession sort of, with yeah like, oh I'll just if I can be just the be the best like, the best yeah
1: but I remember one time my my drama coach in um high school uh introduced me to someone like I think it was like a director of one of the plays we were doing and he goes yeah she's an actress who thinks she's a cellist <laughs> Interesting And I was kinda like oh <laughs> <laughs> How
0: dare he Yeah <laughs> I'm and playing the role of a cellist. Like,
1: it's it's true. I think in some ways like I've always been an actor, like since I was little. I was acting since I was really little. And then I've always kind of fought that. It's like I'm gonna do something else that's really hard, you know. <laughs> yeah. Instead of just doing what came more naturally to me. Sure. So I finally I think realized that and it was funny because even when I was pursuing cello, I was like, I'm gonna be an actress. Like someday, even though I was like totally st- <laughs> <laughs> like someday I'll be an actress.
0: <laughs> like there are parallel universes in which you, all of these things become possible somehow.
1: Yeah, I don't know what I was thinking. But, so um, interesting. But anyway, I somehow went back to the act. I moved to New York and I ended up, um, I was going to take the year off school because, like, college wasn't working for me really. <laughs> and so I was going to, um, try to get into a music conservatory and I did end up getting into the San Francisco conservatory, but I, I decided not to go and I um, went to
0: acting school instead. And
1: I loved that. I was like in heaven when I did that. Did finally.
0: you still feel like I have to be the best in this class? Or re- a little a bit? Bit? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. But a I that's bit. how, I don't know. So many, so many people in, in the acting world, I don't know. It's hard you're bred to feel like that's important, right? I mean, you're auditioning yeah. for roles. Then, There's a reason that people have to constantly go, there's no small part or no small actors, no small parts, only small actors, all that kind of stuff that ultimately if you're auditioning for the lead role and then you get cast in a smaller role that you have to not make that about your worth or your value in some way.
1: Well, I think in, in a lot of ways that what I'm realizing recently is what's interesting about like, trying to be the best at something is, like, totally counterintuitive to acting. Because <laughs> as an actor, you just have to really, like, embrace who you are. Yeah. And if you're trying to be the best, it's, like, not really specific. It's kind yeah, of, what like, does that this vague mean? idea yeah. of what, you know, what it means. And so I think, you know, now with, like, doing comedy and stuff, I feel like I'm more, like, just trying to figure out, oh, like, this is who I am, you know? Yeah. like. Like, I've, I'm kind of, I, I've failed a lot of different things. And I think there's a lot of humor in
0: that. <laughs> uh, I <laughs> you know? totally agree. And I think that that's what people, I, for me, anyway, that's kind of comedy that I enjoy. It's like un- understanding humility about ourselves and like our foibles as being human beings. And, um, right. and also, like understanding with acting too that embracing your flaws and embracing your vulnerability and right. how broken we all sort of are <laughs> is much more conducive to a good performance than wanting to be the best at it. Right. right? Yeah. So that makes sense. But you said that so, you were really shy Um, with all of this going on that you were still sort of socially shy when you were in high school.
1: Yeah, um, I was really, really shy. What was your, what was your friend circle like? Oh, in high school, um, I guess I wasn't as shy. I was more shy, like a little bit younger. But in high school, I had a very, I had a good group of friends. They're all really smart. Like, and they were all way more um, academic than I was. Like, they were like all obsessed with getting into Ivy League schools. And they were all musicians and really, you know, bright girls. And a little bit dorky, maybe. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> and then I also had like other friends who were a little bit more... I think I I think I had a bunch of guy friends who were upperclassmen, you know, that I thought were really cool and I would go to parties with them. Nice. <laughs> it's like so I had different I had friends in different groups, you know. But um but yeah, my core group of friends were these very sweet, kind of nerdy, smart girls. And now they're all doing great things and one of them's a big shot lawyer and
0: hey. one
1: of them is um I don't know, they've they've all been in school forever. <laughs>
0: But so they, whereas smart. college wasn't necessarily working for you, they were like, let's just keep this going. Yeah. yeah. I'm getting smarter and smarter. <laughs> um, hang on just a sec. I, sorry. It's sorry about that. That it's the time of year where sometimes I get sketchfest texts in the middle of, uh, podcasting and I, I couldn't tell if it was an emergency or not. Um, and you know what, even if it is, I seem to be ignoring it. So, uh, <laughs> so all right, let's crack open a journal. I mean, we got to get into this. Oh, um,
1: okay. Wait, I have a poem first. Oh, and I read, please, because yeah, I was like really into creative writing. Okay, and this is in high school. Yeah.
0: Okay. Are all right. Ready? Are I'm you ready? Very for ready? This? Was this
1: for a class or was yeah, this, this, this was, for pleasure? This was for a creative writing class. Right. Great. Great. And it's called a solo.
0: I already love it. Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> now I might laugh. Okay, teach me how not to love, not to show or feel affection. Not to laugh too much like a little girl or dance into another's arms or feel for someone in the darkness. Are you there? Are you near? Teach me how to stop asking him where he lies in darkness. When he says, come closer, teach me how to run away into the night alone, a wanderer, a dancing dreamer on top of the tired world. I'm not crying. I'm, I'm laughing. <laughs> 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 teach me how to look away. And not put fairy dust in my eyes, not lavish invitations upon the eyes of strangers. How might I learn to walk alone? How might I learn to quietly hum my own melody or whistle my own sonnets, woo myself into my own heart, my own precious corner of the sky, like the moon, so soft, so glowing, so alone, And still glowing.
0: (laughs) Still soft.
1: Like my hands. White and soft. (laughs) A drifter or snowflake. Alone and falling toward the ground. But dancing in midair. Dancing. Dancing. (laughs) Teach me how to dance alone. Without a partner to twirl me across a dark floor.
0: Okay. A lot of things have come to my mind. Number one there were a lot of really beautiful images in that, that I don't want to negate based on some of the goofier, most wonderful teenage stuff that came out. Number two, there was something a little bit like the last Lord of the Rings movie, where I kept thinking the poem was over. (laughs) And then it kept going. It It should have been over So many stanzas like had this nice natural ending. And I was about to be like, that was, and you're like, and then, and I really enjoyed that. It went on longer than I expected it to. So a big fan of that. Um, I don't know what to say about the moon stuff, except fabulous, (laughs) soft, glowing, and soft Soft. and glowing (laughs) and glowing, soft hands. I loved how much dancing there was because now we have all of that context of you being in. Now, do you feel like that was born out of something specific? Was it like, oh my God, I love this guy, but I had just gone through a
1: breakup, Uh pretty hard breakup. And I was... (sighs) I had like the most, you know, like it was such a perfect uh, first love, you know, like madly, madly in yeah. love with this guy. It was so romantic. He was so romantic. He was like this tall, handsome Russian guy. Oh
0: my. Very, yeah, really. Was he an exchange student or was it like outside of school? <laughs>
1: he was, he, I found him through, the, through music because we played in the same orchestra and he was a violinist. He's, he's still a violinist. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he went off to conservatory because he was a year older than I was. And then And then he came back and broke up with me. And I was just like oh, completely no. heartbroken. Of course you were.
0: So, yeah. You just wanted to be able to dance like a snowflake falling to the ground on your own. <laughs> I loved it like i really love i mean there were like some really there was some really lovely stuff in there there was some goofy stuff in there um but there was some stuff in there that i thought was uh was really lovely i love the idea of of falling like a snowflake like a by yourself and stuff like that i oh, mean there's yeah. some great imagery well, it's in there
1: really really original <laughs>
0: <laughs> well what <laughs> What, is, what points do you score from originality? Like if you compared your love to a can of green beans, would I be oh, like, "Oh yeah, that's original"? That's all, that, I'd read that poem. Find a way to make that work. Billy I don't Collins know would write a poem love. like
1: that. Maybe, maybe, right? maybe. Green beans in the fridge, Gr- in a jar, pickled, pickled.
0: <laughs> like we all are. <laughs> After wow, too we just wrote a poem. After too long in love, we pickle and prune. And
1: prune like green beans in a jar.
0: We get tart. We get tart. Maybe even sour. Our original taste gone, lost. <laughs> <laughs> replaced by the taste of the pickling juice.
1: This is brilliant. our identity this replaced by brilliant. pickle
0: juice. Yeah. Pickle juice. Well, how beans. do we get That's to love, green beans? Oh
1: yeah, I've never had a pickled Pickled
0: green green bean bean. i recently on the set of burning love the uh catering company is also a pickler and they were a really delicious catering company but one of their signature moves uh (laughs) is that every meal there's a there's like two jars of something pickled and it's at the very end like before you get the drink um down the the catering line and so there was i've had like everything pickled now there's pickled carrots pickled green (laughs) beans pickled okra pickled eggs Pickled Ooh. I didn't, didn't eat any of the pickled eggs Pickled everything Pickled Wow everything.
1: That sounds kind of interesting To be yeah. honest I like pickled stuff
0: I could <laughs> blow your mind With the amount of pickled stuff That this girl makes And it's all really good
1: I'm kind of curious about the pickled eggs To be honest
0: I would. People ha- do eat pickled eggs I mean that's something that's very pi- I would eat that I think pickled eggs are like Bar in like Britain Right? Isn't there like a like barf Barf <laughs> barf air. <laughs> I think they're first of all, the smell of eggs in general, like hard boiled eggs really is bad. So that's like barf air right there. <laughs> they provide a barf air type smell. Uh and I do think barf that they are barf air. air in uh pubs in Britain. There's a word for them. There's like a word for what a pickled egg is. That is very British, and I apologize to those of you who are, egg. are familiar. Yes, and it, by the way, it's not just them saying it with an accent. <laughs> There's an actual <laughs> term for it. Dark. I'm not mistaking an accent she for a, a pickled egg. I wish I could remember what it's called. I'm going to look like it up. Uh, omelet. I'm going to look it up real quickly because I know it's a thing. It's very um, important that, that we figure this that. out. And would you consider reading a page from uh, one yeah, of the journals? Yeah, of course. Let me just figure out yeah, what so era do you think feels um, like a good Let
1: me find one that's um pickled uh, pickled My journals
0: kind of oh my gosh, first of all, Pickled, when you Google pickled, the very first thing that comes up is eggs. Whoa. I just pressed pickled, and it offered me up pickled eggs. Pickled eggs. Um, Here we go. Pickled eggs. I'm going from having... The last thing I looked up on Wiki was John Patrick Shanley, and now I'm looking up pickled eggs. Uh, Pickled eggs. Cured in brine. Wikipedia. Uh, Maybe there isn't a name for it. If anyone knows... If anyone knows this, please help me out. I don't know why I thought it was like a thing. I'm over it. Um, She's over it. I think I made that up. I think everyone just called some pickled eggs. Okay. What are you thinking about your journal?
1: Um, which one? I just had one and then I... Um, oh, is this it? Okay. This is really... This is like kind of like the poem in journal form. Great. Okay
0: filled with heartbreak
1: well filled with drama
0: okay good <laughs> and and overachieving yeah i know i'll be over- love achi- to hear that
1: i uh, dear journal i have a confident sense that i am entering a fulfilling and upward battle in which i will climb great heights musically and personally i love new york with all my heart as much for its ability to awe in the shadow of its greatness and its overwhelming number of options and constant flow of millions of people as for its ability to push you to your own individual capability of greatness. Yeah.
0: New York. This is really New York. Deep.
1: I wanna be great because it is the only way to survive.
0: Oh,
1: oh. And I am working I am working. I am pushing for it. I am discovering my interior sense of discipline. I am relying on my own intuition, my own perception in order to teach myself for the time being (laughs) the tricks of my trade. Overall journal, I am becoming a musician. Oh, you're addressing the journal as a yeah, person. I journal. love it. Yes, I want to go to school. I want to meet more people, have friends, have stability. But this, I am now confident, will come. Okay. Be, be detached by, by de-attack. By this, I made up a word. By de-attaching myself. Okay. And then Not I wrote, detaching. And but then de- in case de- you don't understand, I wrote in parentheses, separating. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> from, from a huge university filled with anonymous faces and little integrity, I have discovered within myself what I truly want to do, who I truly want to be. Currently, I am finding love truly rewarding because it is a compliment to my ambitions and goals, not an excuse to avoid or postpone achieving these goals. I'm very much in love with Jeremy. The life he wants is similar to the life I want, and I believed together or apart, we will both achieve extraordinary pinnacles of greatness.
0: It's so interesting. You really are. Like that whole like being the best and climbing the hill and... Being ambitious in that way is so—it's so specific and it's so echoed perfectly in that particular. Now it's yeah, weird. <laughs> that's a very uh, declarative mission statement sort of uh, journal entry. Or were they all like that, or were there some days where you're like, "I don't think I can." Oh do this? no, some
1: days were yeah really depressing. A lot of days.
0: Let me see. If they- <laughs> So it wasn't like every day. It would be so amazing if every single journal entry were like, today is the day I realized. (laughs) And then the next day. every day, day, like most days were like,
1: actually most days are about guys. So they're like really boring. It's like,
0: he didn't call me tonight. There's (laughs) so much of that. There's so much of that. I can't believe how much I needed to talk about. Yeah. Whether someone liked me or not. I really really needed to write about it. And you're like, not again. I know. But great- remember that feeling like you had to talk about it because your heart was pounding. Yeah. And it was like taking over your your focus and your concentration. And the only like all you wanted to do was just sit and write about it or talk to it about, about someone. What? Talk to someone about it. Because it was like the most important thing in the world. I <laughs> mean, that's a funny. big. That's, a, that, that's like, like grand scale. I have this breakup one where it's like, I
1: have a picture in my mind of that night. And it will never go away. Oh. The picture is of me sobbing and sobbing. Oh. no. Kiva just there, emotionless,
0: or possibly a little sad. <laughs> You're allowing him to <laughs> maybe be possibly a little sad. A little.
1: Uh. And I'm like the picture is of one last hug. I'm wearing a grey t shirt. I hug him while I'm sitting on my knees on the bed. He is standing ready to leave. He holds me and then he leaves me, no. <laughs> shutting the door behind him, leaving me alone in a dismal motel room. Oh, my. This was because I was on a um, children's theater tour. Okay.
0: Oh, I love he that. he came
1: and visited me and then broke up with me. In a
0: dismal and motel And I
1: sob so alone. Ew, <laughs> he came and visited you and broke up with you on yeah. the visit? Ugh, yeah. That's dreadful. Yeah, And then it's so much going on and on because I, I also, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> it's just so boring. It's like the same thing over and over. We and then I'm like, it, out. it is already day five today after the breakup. And I do think it's getting easier, but he really should let me be. This is nonsense. <laughs> oh no you'd had enough (laughs) he is weak and alone and doesn't quite know what hit him Uh, because he's like i guess he called me
0: like every day (laughs) oh no did he regret it did he eventually say can we get back together or were you this was a guy
1: i dated in new york like on and off continuously it was like and and he's in like three journals Mm. it's like a key that's it it's over (laughs) (laughs) I'm never talking to Akiva again ever. I like and then his name. Next entry is like Akiva called. <laughs> we're back on. I'm not going to talk what? to him. We're back on. And then it's like three days since I've talked
0: to him. <laughs> it just
1: keeps going. Oh, and I'm
0: like, Do yeah, have Anything else to do? I know. Listen, our lives were full and rich and full of other things. We just, for some reason did not need to talk about those in journal form. We didn't need to get our emotions out in the same way. Guys. Speaking of guys, I gotta get into some M.A.S.H. Oh. I hope that you're excited to play this game of M.A.S.H. I'm um, very excited. Is that something that you play? You're a lot younger than me. Is that I something that everybody a lot. still plays? Yeah. Yeah, I play it. I never know. I don't play it anymore. I'm glad it's printed. You don't play it every day? No, not every day. Every Maybe day?
1: like just once a week.
0: Oh, okay. So this could be that once. Yeah. Or this, you could go this nuts be and, my mash and, and double up this week. Um Okay. I always let's, have to be the best at MASH. Yeah, this is going to be, this better be the best MASH game <laughs> we've ever played together. <laughs> um, okay, let's start out with, I think we're, maybe we should do eras with you because I feel like you may have some interesting ideas about like an, another, another time, living in another, another time. time,
1: Oh, like
0: another decade or, or another century or okay. something
1: like How that. How many do I do again? Three. Three? Mm-hmm. Okay, the, the. Uh, Can I say the Victorian era? Yes. Um, the, the seventies and the twenties. Great.
0: Love them. Love them. Um, let's do, uh, well, now that we talked about all these different things that you thought you were going to do, and then you finally, (laughs) uh, decided to be an actress, actor slash writer. Um, what, uh, what are three other professions that we'll stick you into? Um,
1: let me think. Um, psychiatrist. Ooh. Um, r- rock star.
0: Love it. <laughs> and,
1: um,. Flying trapeze artist. Ooh, I love so I, I did these. do some flying trapeze. Did you? For a bit, yeah. I've
0: always wanted to go it's to, so there's like a trapeze fun. school here in LA that I really like You have to try to it.
1: It's so much fun. Okay,
0: I gotta get into <laughs> yeah. that straight away, guys. <laughs> really? I almost want to stop playing MASH just so I can get into that now, but I think I'll continue the <laughs> Smash game. Um... <laughs> let's do uh let's do oh someone suggested um if you had like a person to sort of follow you around uh, and play music for you like if you had your own soundtrack if you had like a band who could soundtrack your life kind of oh you would have music that sort of like yeah, yeah came yeah. into play on your on your day-to-day yeah in the movie of your life
1: okay like linda ronstadt oh i
0: <laughs> love it she's from tucson arizona like I, i am.
1: love that song oh really Mm-hmm. I love that song. You and I go to the beat of a different drum. Love da, it. Da, 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 da.
0: <laughs> I enjoy her performance in the film version of the Pirates of Penzance that Kevin Kline is also in. I recommend it.
1: Oh, I think I've seen
0: that. Yeah, it's a, it's a hoot. Did, Angela Lansbury I, is. That's in
1: funny. It. I think I almost performed Pirates of Penzance in. Um,
0: in children's theaters, love so. to have done that, that would have musical. Been fun. That's such a yeah, cool. Yeah, it's a really good musical. musical. It's so funny, and it was ahead of its time. Uh, okay, so Linda Ronstadt provides your soundtrack, okay. or
1: it, wait, okay, is it like a singer? Or could be a whole anything. band. Could
0: be anything. Yeah. Okay. A composer. or um, whatever Abba. You want.
1: <laughs> love it. And look into his angel eyes, you'll think you're impaired. That's Abba. Oh, I was no, like, <laughs> isn't that Abba? I was like, what's yeah, the third you know one? I was just, I was putting it. Um, <laughs> and opera, like um, like Verdi.
0: Verdi. Oh, what a sophisticated <laughs> choice. I love it. Um, okay, that's a really good one. Um, and then uh, we did, with with Kristen Rutherford, we did if you had created a masterpiece. But with this one, it'll just be if there was like a masterpiece that you wished you owned, whether it's like an original copy of a Mozart symphony or uh you own Rodin's The Kiss or you own, you know, Whoa, something by Van Gogh or hard. something like that.
1: Oh, you know what I love is that painting, you know what? I'm not sure who's the painter though. It's the violinist guy and he's wearing purple and he's on the oh, roof. I, I think it's called like Fiddler like fiddler on the roof but it's not fiddler on the roof do you know what i'm is? putting fiddler
0: on the roof okay. but we both know what it is we, okay, and uh, a there's painting. a pinterest account that the jv club has that um jules the, who runs our pinterest account she will find that uh painting and so that'll really? appear in visual form oh, it's on a pinterest. really
1: cool painting i think he's in a purple coat i forget okay that um the original who um Geez, what other kinds of what other forms of art can you have than original? Of? Yeah,
0: that's a good question. Like? Um sculpture, painting, again it could be like a manuscript. Um it could be I'd love like
1: an a, a original manuscript of um of Romeo and Juliet. Ooh, good one. And an original um I guess, I mean, I really do like Van Gogh, actually.
0: I mean, his paintings are extraordinary. They're amazing. To see them in person, the colors, yeah, insane. Um, and he was insane.
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah, he was really.
0: I'm trying to think of which one, though. What about, you know, the one I love that I appreciate that people like? Well, first of all, Starry Night is a classic. <laughs> That's my favorite. Okay, yeah. so we'll do Starry Night. <laughs> okay. Um, love it. Okay, Um, what about a superpower? Superpower? Um,
1: I would like, well, I'd love to be able to fly. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'd like to be able to um, heal the sick.
0: Great. Nice (laughs) altruistic one. That's good.
1: (laughs) And... Um I'd like to be able to um make people's dreams come true Ooh, whatever they might be very if generous like, super if I like them
0: otherwise you make their nightmares come true (laughs) get ready if i like uh let's find you a a gentleman uh partner to have on these journeys that you're going to be taking with your new mash i was gonna say are Uh, we doing matchmaking well we got yeah we got (laughs) i gotta find you a famous uh person could be living or dead could be um you know what i'm gonna say this you have to pick three fictional characters fictional yeah they're not like movie oh, stars they have to be like, like romeo peter or pan? peter pan or oh you know um somebody from a book or a movie a character in a movie or someone that you just like are like oh i love that character
1: oh okay um okay let's see um i will i, I
0: would bring oh fictional I know. It's a different it's a it's little a twist. Bit different. I just put a different Is twist it on it. I don't even know what my answers would be. Um, but like maybe okay. someone like Atticus Finch, you know, where you're just like, oh, what a wonderful human being from To Kill a Mockingbird, like something like that. Right. Okay. Or it could just be like, I love Owen Wilson's character in The Wedding Crashers. I mean, you're <laughs> really welcome to do whatever you want.
1: Okay. Um I like... Okay, how about um how about I'll just do Johnny Depp's character in um Benny and June. Oh, that's Remember such a him? good one. Benny. Benny, a uh, Benny. Yeah,
0: his little Buster Keaton. He's love. so funny. Oh that's good, really good.
1: Um, and I'll do um thank gosh, so many people are coming into my head right now. Um So
0: what's the best? Um, <laughs> I love how seriously you're taking this. <laughs> you're gonna spend the rest of your life with this person, Erica <laughs> yes. So you really I gotta make really, a good choice. this really has to be important. A lot of pressure. I don't know why fictional characters are more difficult it's hard, for know. me. Like I f- feel free to back up, and we can do, we can do Benny, and then if you just want to do famous, uh, two famous guys, well, that's okay I don't want to give up. <laughs> <You> to <gotta laughs> be the best. <laughs> you got to be the best Of this category I've never offered this up As an option before This yeah. is a first Well You're okay. looking She's looking around the room By the way <laughs> Searching around the room Like okay The Matterhorn That is not a person Okay Bugs, How about not a person
1: Leonardo DiCaprio's character In um, The Titanic
0: Okay His name is Jack I think Jack
1: Okay Because doesn't he, he dies for her right Yeah that's yeah, pretty romantic That's cool
0: Yeah <laughs> Yeah that's cool and so um you, i don't know but i guess he doesn't die in your life
1: right okay <laughs> hopefully not you know that he, not. Would. You know hope, that he would. but he would yes and um how about i'll just say don quixote even though i don't really remember who, <laughs> i don't remember
0: what he does <laughs> i think first of all he's a very old man <laughs> which i love and he's a seeker he's a searcher oh um, well that's good Okay, I am going to... Uh, oh, wait, no, I'm changing oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Little Prince. Oh, Little Prince. good one. Sorry, Don Quixote. Yeah. The Little Prince is basically a young He's version. He's also a seeker. Yeah, he a is. younger seeker. You're a pedophile. Um, okay, and tell me when to stop. Stop. Okay. Um, pausing this, doing some math. I'll be right back. I, 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 I always love when... Uh, I like when they're disparate and they really don't come together, but I also like when they do, and this really makes sense. Oh, um, I'm gonna start. At, this is very interesting. Okay, first of all, you live in the Victorian era. Oh, in a mansion. Whoa, already that makes sense. Where to did me. the mansion happen? The mansion is the Mash Mash apart. It's oh. a mansion apartment shack or house. Oh, right. So you live in a mansion for someone who plays Mash once a week. I'm very surprised. <laughs> You live in a mansion in the Victorian era. Uh, You are uh, unique in that you are a psychiatrist. As a woman in the Victorian era, it's possible (laughs) that there weren't many women psychiatrists in the Victorian era, Uh, but you are one. And... um, I very much enjoy that. And it's somehow there's like that profession still seems like proper. Like it's still proper for the Victorian era. Especially for a woman.
1: You know, if she has like a job, it's kind of like, oh, wow. Yeah. Oh. Fancy. Yeah. Um, Plus, they probably didn't have that many psychiatrists.
0: I don't think so. You probably prescribed like bleeding people. Oh, my God. Like put some leeches on. Is it going to say
1: that? What's my magical power? Well, your magical power is that you can fly. Oh, I thought it was going to be that I could heal people.
0: No. <laughs> unfortunately, unfortunately, you can fly. Okay, uh, I grant you it would have made more sense if you could heal the sick that's and you were a psychiatrist. Of, yeah, I don't think that's that but, helpful. But what a lovely way to see the Victorian world uh, <laughs> via air. Um, <laughs> air. Perhaps joined by your partner, Jack from Titanic. Because wasn't oh. that kind of Victorian era-ish? No. yeah, It was like the 20s.
1: Yeah, the twenties.
0: Um, I take it back; that doesn't make sense.
1: Yeah, none but, of it really uh, does,
0: actually. Like, like no, it would okay, have made more you. sense. I <laughs> grant you, none of it does. I grant you, none of it does. I guess what I guess it all feels very sort of romantic and lofty to That's me. That's true. Because also, as you fly through the air, you are accompanied by the music of Verity. Oh, nice! So this is all very. It's just all very. And oh, and you own an original manuscript of Romeo and Juliet. <gasps> So it just feels wow. like you have a posh life, yeah, in the Victorian era. I'm not
1: complaining. It's I'll very posh. It. I'll take it. Fly um, wherever I want.
0: There's no way you're not the best at being a, psychi- a woman psychiatrist who flies in the Victorian era. You, I mean, this is good stuff. This is a very satisfying, lofty, <laughs> uh, grand result for you, <laughs> oh, thank so I congratulate you. you. Uh, I also thank you for doing the podcast. Well, thanks so much for having Complete me. Pleasure, this
1: is really fun. Um,
0: and I'm excited to post uh, pictures of you, and and maybe we take a picture of uh, the like the pile of journals so that we'll yeah. have that for reference on our Facebook page. Erica, thank you very much. You, I will Janet. see you at Sketchfest. Erica will yes, be at Sketchfest uh, doing wait. Stardom. Um, and, guys, make sure to check out uh, peacefirst.org to um, nominate someone, uh, some young person, for a prize. Prize. A fellowship. Uh, the Fellowship of the Peace. And uh, I guess that's it, other than I wish that you would be as soft as the moon <laughs> and that you would glow and that you would have white, soft hands and be soft and that you would dance and glow. So, go, guys, soft. go dance like a snowflake falling. To the ground alone, solo, rather than being twirled on a dark dance floor. I could you night. before
1: we were
0: As always, the JV Club theme song is Before We Were Brittle, courtesy of the amazing Say Hi. Now leaving Nerdist.com.